Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1680. Today we're talking about the king of cool. That's right, Steve McQueen in his own words. Here we go. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in warm Tempe, Arizona, with a very special guest by the name of Marshall Terrell. Marshall, are you uh, buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, I'm ready, and I'm ready to uh, put the pedal to the metal. All right, sounds just like something Steve McQueen would do. Well, before we dive into a proper introduction and we talk about this very cool, king of cool book that you've written, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Marshall? Wow, that's a question I didn't expect. <laughs> I'll say that uh, most people don't know that I am a Beatles fanatic. Really? Rock and roll, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. In addition to Steve McQueen, I mean, music and, and uh, especially the Beatles were my first love. You know, this is pretty cool. I remember years ago, my wife bought me a book, and I don't remember the title. It's a very large book, and it's, it's kind of the uh, Everything About the Beatles book, and that wasn't the name of it, but it's a large book. And it goes into depth into not only their life, but a lot of the stories about the lyrics to their songs and how over time so many people just made up stuff and invented things about what was really going, the whole thing with Paul being dead and all of this. And I'm sure many of that, the Beatles just laughed and said, as long as it's selling records, we're really happy. What is it about, I mean, this is a tough question, but what is it about the Beatles that you love so much? Well, you touched upon it, the lyrics, but I mean, first of all, it's the melodies. And then second, the the lyrics, the lyrics, uh, in some cases, they are very autobiographical. In other cases, they're nonsensical. Right. In other cases, like you said, people interpreted for themselves, and Lennon had addressed that, like, hey, you, you know, it touched your life this way, that's great, but I'm, what I'm saying is it touched my life this way. But that's, that's what I love, was, is the autobiographical aspect, that they could make their songs so personal, and yet it would translate very well to the general public. And the, the other interesting thing is we're never going to see another like them again. You know, we're never going to see another band like them. There's never going to be another big band that will take over the world like them because everything's so fragmented now. So, I mean, um, we have what we have. And uh, so, but with them, we have that great catalog of music. I am the walrus, cuckoo, kachoo. So, there you go. Yeah. And there's a perfect example of a song that doesn't mean anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm a big fan, too. And I, I really love the fact that it's carried over for generations and generations. And even my kids who are in their 20s, uh, well, I guess my daughter's actually in her early 30s now. Man, where does that put me? Enjoy their music, and it really fits all genres. I mean, when you can get in an elevator and they're playing an orchestral version of a John Lennon and Paul McCartney song, you know, oh, my gosh, here we go. It's pretty cool, and you just start humming the the song and the words. Very nice. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, Marshall, and we're going to dive into this very cool book. Marshall is a noted film, sports, and music writer and the author of more than 25 books, including best-selling biographies of Steve McQueen, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Billy Graham, and Pete Maravich. His latest book is titled Steve McQueen in His Own Words, and it serves up the most credible 
and thought-provoking insights of the King of Cool spoken by the man himself using more than 450 quotations drawn from more than five decades of media coverage, memorabilia, and research. Accompanying these quotes in this magnificent book are over 500 photographs, personal documents, and many mementos, most seen for the first time. Steve McQueen, in his own words, is the perfect book for everyone interested in this American original published by our good friends at Dalton Watson Fine Books. And guess what? One lucky Cars Yes subscriber is going to win a signed copy of this book. This is no little little book. This is something very special. Just go to carsyad.com, click on the free book button. I'll send you my very humble ebook titled Filler Up and your name will be in the hat. If you've already subscribed, your name is in the hat to win. This book is compliments of Marshall Adult, uh, Marshall, I should say, and Adultant Watson Fine Books. Very nice of them to do that. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Marshall some more, but first a word from our valued sponsors. They make this show possible, so give them a listen. Hold on, we're with the king of cool. We'll be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a Covercraft custom fit car cover. I know because I've been using their covers on my vehicles since 1975. Plus, they offer a multitude of options depending on your situation. Indoor covers include form fit, desktop, the oh so soft fleece satin, and their very unique view shield, a cover that protects while allowing you to see your favorite vehicle while the cover's on your car. Amazing. Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their incredible options allow you to choose from Weather Shield, Sumbrella, Weather Shield HD, Block It, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, Nova, and Weather Shield HP. So many options. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, even ding protection and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. They've got you covered. Their soft-touch covers are safe for your paint, and the custom fit keeps them from blowing off. If you live in a windy area, get the Covercraft Gust Guards. They're a must-have if your car sits outside in windy conditions. Worried about theft? They have cable locks, too, with built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any ordering questions. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle on the planet. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 120 at covercraft.com you'll get 10 percent off your covercraft order that's right so go to covercraft.com use the code yeah y-e-a-h 120 at checkout and get 10 percent off on me mark here at cars yeah covercraft they've got you covered american collectors insurance that's who now protects my porsche turbo yeah the one i call my orange crush when it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is should something terrible happen. 
I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Marshall, we're back. And as we start on this journey that you took with Steve McQueen in this book, you know, the whole book is about quotes. And I would love for you to share perhaps a success quote or a mantra. Maybe it's a favorite one of yours of Steve McQueen. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning a little bit here on Cars, yeah? So, Marshall, grab the wheel. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I actually have two quotes that I'll share with you. Nice. And it won't take that long. The first one appeals to me as a journalist, and the, and the quote was, there's nothing in the world that I don't want to know. <laughs> and I love that quote because, again, you know, he, he's this big superstar. He's made it to the top of the mountain. He could rest on his laurels, but he doesn't want to do that. McQueen was a guy that was just hungry his whole life for knowledge. He wanted to know how things worked. And so that particular quote really resonates with me as a journalist because as journalists, we always have to know something. We always have to know how things work. If we were, we're forced to know things that we know nothing about, and then we got to turn around and then we got to write about it as if we're an expert. Yeah. And that happens almost on a daily basis. And then the second quote appeals to the cynic in me. <laughs> and it was when a reporter asked him, what has success done for you? And he, he replied, what has success done for me? Well, I seem to have a lot more friends. <laughs> well, that translates to the guy named Steve McQueen, because, I mean, who doesn't know who Steve McQueen is? And when it comes to quotes, your book is just filled. Uh, there's 450 of them in there. And to pick one as a favorite is absolutely impossible. But I'll pull one out that I really loved, and that is when I believe in something, I fight like hell for it. And you think about Steve McQueen and his whole life, going all the way back to his very challenging childhood, being arrested and put in a reform school, and evolving into one of the most iconic actors that this country and the world has ever seen, and then becoming so beloved. And of course, we lost him at a very young age. And that just built up his presence even more when you think about superstars passing away young. I mean, think of James Dean when you when you go, man, everybody knows who he is. He only made really one movie, I think, maybe two. How did he get so famous? Well, sometimes that happens. So, But I love your quotes, and they make a world of sense. I would like to uh, kind of dive into this story and, and this book that you've put together because I enjoyed going through it last night, and what I enjoyed about it were the quotes, the imagery. It's a very different Steve McQueen kind of book, and there's plenty of Steve McQueen books out there, but yours gets very, very personal. So tell me, you seem to like writing about people. What what got you fired up about this? And maybe talk to us a little bit about some of the very unique things you learned while you put this book together. Well, thank you. The reason why I put the book together was, and, and let me preface it with, this is my seventh book on Steve McQueen. <laughs> there you go. So you know the guy pretty well. I know him well. Um, and, and I've accumulated so much information, and I never stopped accumulating. Uh, you know, I work for a university. And uh, I notice professors, and they specialize uh, really in one thing, and they're constantly accumulating information about the one thing. 
and I've kind of adopted uh, Steve McQueen as that, that model for me. I mean, I write about other subjects, but every now and then I will revisit Steve McQueen. And the reason why I revisited him this time, and, and this started in 2014, by the way, was I would see every year one or two McQueen books come out. Some were okay. Some were pretty bad. And then I just started realizing, you know what? McQueen wanted to do a, um, an autobiography before he passed away, but you know the cancer took hold of him so quickly he didn't have an opportunity to. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do a book with just Steve McQueen's quote? Him telling his story in his own way, and in that way, finally, Steve McQueen can have his own say in the matter. And so I thought, well, let's do that, but let's match up pictures that fit the time frame, fit the situation. And it would almost be like an autobiography with pictures and him telling his story in his own way. And I thought, oh, it'd be easy to match up these photos with these quotes. And, you know, I could just knock this out real quick. Well, like I said, that was 2014. It wasn't so easy. Well, yeah, no kidding. He was a very <laughs> complex individual. Absolutely. And that's what I think these, these quotes reflect, is that the fact that you know, he came from a very troubled background. He came from a very hard upbringing. And, but then fame hits. And then once fame hits, then you're opened up to a whole new world. And I always say, McQueen got his PhD in the streets. And, and, and with that, when you're exposed to so much more, then, then you get this worldly education that uh, a college classroom can't teach you. And, and, and so these quotes really reflect that street wisdom, but also that wisdom that he accumulated through fame. When you were putting this book together, this jigsaw puzzle that took so long, you thought it was going to be easy, but then uh, somebody mixed up the pieces, I think, and uh, made it a little bit more challenging for you. What were some of the things you discovered along the way that made you stop and go, whoa, that surprises me, especially since you've written so many books about him? Well, um, first of all, the knowledge that he had about the movie industry. You know, in his lifetime, Steve McQueen... Uh, was leveled by critics as, oh, he's just a guy who plays himself. But as you will see, and as, as, is, uh, as, as it is unveiled, you know, he had a much more complex uh, background than, than most people give him credit for. Right. And so, you know, he talks about the movie industry, where it's going. He talks about uh, how the, uh, the studios are becoming dinosaurs and, and how real people, uh, as opposed to uh, matinee idols are going to be the movie stars of the future. And so he was able to predict with great clarity where the movie industry was going and how it was going to be the, the directors were going to be kids with 8mm cameras. <laughs> yes. And that's what really blew me away. And, and he, was on, he was on the precipice of, of all of that. So Steven Spielberg, believe it or not, was uh, one of the directors that was considered for Le Mans. And so I, I'm thinking you know, on the top of my head, this really probably applies to Spielberg. It applies to all those guys, those great movie makers of the 70s who came to film school. And that's what McQueen was seeing. And that's what McQueen was incorporating in, in movies like Bullet and Le Mans and um, as, as the 60s had turned into the 70s. So that's what uh, really shocked me. And then, of course, you know, later on, he got quite philosophical about his life, where it was going. And, um, you know, at the end, you know, he became a born-again Christian. So those quotes uh, on his deathbed about his life were really, really eye-opening. Absolutely. What was your favorite part of putting this big monster book together? Boy, when you say favorite, it was painful. So <laughs> yeah. um, Sometimes, it, sometimes it pain just, is favorable when you're, you're trying to <laughs> piece things together when you finally get some pieces to fit. 
Well, and, and, and the, the interesting thing is this book came in the mail to me the other day, last week, and uh, I was flipping through it, and I was going, okay, this was worth the six years that I put into it. <laughs> because it was painful putting it together because I had to go over and over and over it again. And when you do a book, I mean, you literally go through it a hundred times, if not more. Yes. And then you have other people go through it, and then and you have them critique it. And that's painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, you, you do that to catch all the mistakes. You do that to uh, make sure that there's clarity and continuity. And so, you know, again, it hit me last week. Okay, this was definitely worth the effort. But at the time, it was painful. It was not fun. And it never, it really never is. The only, the only time it's fun is, again, is the promotion of it, the fact that it's out, and the fact that somebody can, um, well, the, the funnest part for me, really, was holding that book. You know, it's five pounds. Yes. When I was holding this book, and I was going, holy cow, this thing's heavy. I love it. This gives me great satisfaction. Yeah. Ah, fantastic. Well, like giving birth for six years, that's a tough thing to do, Marshall. <laughs> uh, most definitely. But that's what I, it felt like. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I, I give keynote speeches uh, to groups quite often, and I typically title them what, title them what I've learned after 500, 1,000, 1,500. Uh, it'll eventually be 2,000 interviews. And when I started putting the words together for these, these 15, 20, 30-minute talks, I thought, oh, this will be easy. And then I went back to find which guests to talk about and specific stories. And I went, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? And I've had people tell me, you should write a book about all the conversations you've had. And, and part of me goes, yeah, that'd be great. And the other part of me, when I talk to people like you, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't I don't want to <laughs> give that birth again. It's it would be very, very challenging. But well, it's a it's a masterpiece you put together. And, and for anybody out there that enjoys Steve McQueen, and of course, my audience loving cars and McQueen loved cars. And we'll we'll talk about his love for cars in a little bit. You are going to want to get your hands on this. And of course, with the holidays coming, this is the consummate car guy, car gal book to buy as a gift. So I'll plant that seed in your head. Now, Marshall, I always ask my guests for a big challenge in their life, a big failure. If you want to talk about that in particular outside of the book, that's okay, but we can define it as this book, and you've touched on this, the challenge of six years of trying to piece this whole thing together. So wherever you want to take us, it's more about the lesson that you learned through this difficult time that helps you gain more momentum as you come out on the other side. So take us down any road you'd like. Well, this book, uh, well, I, I subscribe by a, a famous old saying about writing, and that is, I hate writing. I love having written. And that applies <laughs> to every single book that I do. Yeah. And um, it, it, so when, you, when you're in the process of doing the book, you know, you have to chain yourself to the desk for uh, three to four hours at a time. You, um, now, while you're writing, there is that surge. You know, there is that, that, that surge in energy. There's that bump. When you, when you get going on the keyboard, it's great. It's a natural high. But when you, the thing is, is that, you know, I work a full-time job at Arizona State University, and then when I come home, I've got to go right to that desk and shut that door and tell the wife that she won't be seeing me until bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've got to start writing that book. And in this particular case, it was, I had all these tons of these photos scattered around. I had all these quotes listed. I had to somehow find a way to match all these quotes to each picture. That was easy to do for the first part of the book when it had to do with his background. I could then pinpoint it. But then when he starts talking about fame and he starts talking about other esoteric things, I'd have to find a quote that would match, you know, a picture that would that match that, that right. quote. And then, of course, I had the additional 
a task of trying to find out who owns the photo or which one's royalty free, how much is in my budget. Yes. <laughs> you know, and then we're talking about a 500 page book. What, what photos have I used before in other books? Which ones have I not? Um, what are new? What are some ones I can use again? So it, it was, it was not just one challenge, but it was about 10 different challenges. Oh my God. And then, and then of course, then you had to, okay, the other big challenge was just the whole overall vision of trying to put this together. Do I put this thing together with just quotes and let the, do I, do, do I divide it up in chapters? How do I tell this running story of Steve McQueen with quotes? How do I piece all that together? So, I mean, that vision didn't come together for years. Mm. Uh, what I had to do was just try to arrange everything in order. And actually, it was my publisher, Glenn Morris of, of, of Dalton Watson, said, let's, let's tie this all together with captions. And I said, okay, that's perfect. I can do that. So in spots, you know, you're, you're telling Steve McQueen's story in these captions, and then you're allowing the, the quote then to take it from there for a couple pages. And then, then you have to let the reader know, okay, well, this is where Steve McQueen is, is, is in his life at this point. And so then it was kind of all tied together. And then somebody asked me, well, then why did you put it in the chapters? And I said, well, I want people to sit down. I know this is a lot to ask of them, but I'd like them to sit down in one reading and read the whole book. It's yeah. 500 pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a lot to ask somebody. And the other thing, too, was I didn't want to divide it into chapters because I just wanted there to be this free flow. And some chapters would be a lot longer than others. And then uh, the other thing, too, is I didn't want to categorize. I hate categorizing people. So I didn't want to, like, just put a whole bunch of car quotes together. Mm-hmm. So what I did do is I timed everything chronologically. So the, the book is Steve McQueen with his quotes as it pertains to his life at that point in time. So again, it's, it's, it's like he's taking you on this adventure and not me. All I'm doing is just giving little, little context and caption where well, he is in his life. And then the queen will tell you a story. Well, you did a great job preparing for my talk with you last night. I sat down and started going through it. And then before I knew it, uh, my wife came out and she goes, aren't you coming to bed? You got a 6 a.m. show tomorrow morning. I said, what time is it? She said, it's almost midnight. And I went, oops, uh, <laughs> because it was so much fun. And you, you read the quote and you look at the picture and you look at the details in the photograph and you think about what was going on at the time. In that time period, when you look at, let's say, the cars in the background or the other actors or the different people that he was relating to, his family, his life, and so forth. And my regular listeners know I've had his son, Chad, on my show twice now. Gotten to, to know Chad. hes uh, I call him a friend now, and he's just a great guy. And when I had him on the show, he shared this whole other insight into some things I didn't know about Steve McQueen. So you did your job really well. Yeah, you kept me up real late. When the alarm went off this morning at 5, I was like, oh, man, thanks a lot, Marshall. Uh, you kept me up past my bedtime, but it's a brilliant read. Let's take another short break for our sponsors. We come back. I typically dive into my guest's passion for cars, but we're going to dive into Steve's passion for cars as you've learned it. And we're going to mix things up a little bit here. So sit tight, keep the seatbelt on. We're here with the King of Cool. We'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah. 
you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH checkoff for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH to save $10 today. Cheers! All right, we're back, Marshall. Now, was there a point in time that you learned... When Steve became a car guy, or did you kind of figure out that he was always into cars? Now, he was young. He had a terrible childhood. His parents were pretty messed up. Let's put it that way. Ended up at uh, the Boys Republic, you know, reform school. And that's really what changed his life and set him on a much better course. But your understanding of his passion for cars, was there a point in time when it really kicked into high gear? Because he sure loved racing. Yeah, he sure did. Well, and I have this philosophy about people, and I don't know if you're born with it or not, but you're either a car guy or you're not a car guy. Yep, bingo. I'm not a car guy, but I have an appreciation. Uh, and I've been to many car shows where I, I, I look at cars and I think, oh, that's beautiful. But I'm not the kind of person that will want to go underneath the hood and look at the engine and know how it runs. Steve McQueen was that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he was that kind of guy. I want to say at a very early age, actually, the, 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 the quote that he gave was like, when he saw the, the, the wheel of a wheelbarrow go around, that's when he started getting into mechanical things. <laughs> so it was very, very young. Yeah. Uh, but when he, when he put that, uh, he put that application into place when he was a struggling actor in New York City, and there were these great photos of him racing around, uh, on a track, almost like in a, oh, I forget what the name of those types of cars are, but, uh, it was on a dirt track, and it was, it was it was like a hot rod almost. And I don't even know where he got the money to do it, but he's in a helmet. He's racing like an open air hot rod yeah. style car. Yep. So I, you know, I think from that point on, he got hooked. 
Now, when it really kicked into high gear was when he got on the show uh, Wanted Dead on Live. Because as you know, you're in a car guy, it's going to cost you a little bit of money to indulge in your passion. Right. So when he had that series, that's when he, he I think he bought the, a very expensive Lotus um, and he started racing it. And, uh, you know, his quote was, uh, I got, I really got addicted to it. it was when I won my first trophy. Yeah. And then from that point on, you know, he's always been in the motorcycle racing and in the car racing. And they, and they both intertwined throughout his life, which is interesting. And then as he got older, he did a complete 180. Then he started collecting old trucks and old cars. Yeah. So he really did the whole spectrum of new cars. And I think you probably saw this one quote, which I love. He talked about reading an article. Um, when he hit it big, he talked about, he started buying like like a motorcycle for every place he was. He started talking about buying suits and ties and everything. And he, he, read, he, he read an article on Tony Curtis where he walked out into his driveway and he couldn't decide which car to take to work that day. <laughs> yeah. And there's a great picture of McQueen looking at two cars in his driveway and he can't decide. And they're both beautiful cars. Yeah. They're both uh, collector's cars. And he said, and the, and damn, damn it, if it didn't happen to me. <laughs> so it was a beautiful illustration on that, in that. So yeah, he was, uh, he was quite, he was into collecting way before it became fashionable. He had some magnificent cars, that's for sure. Well, I typically ask my guests about their first really special car, but I'm going to twist this up into Steve. So when you think about Steve McQueen and his first really special car, was there one when you're doing the research for this book that stood out? Now, we all know he had some magnificent cars, Porsches, Ferraris, uh, mm -hmm. all sorts of things, the Lotus. But is is there one that you think when he finally had the money to go buy something special that meant a lot to him? Well, there's there's two cars that come to mind. The first one is, uh, I think, it's a 1958 Porsche. It's a black, uh, black the, Porsche the that he raced. Yeah. The Speedster. And he yeah. talked about how that was like his first factory-owned car, so you've got to believe that that meant something to him. Yep. Um, and there was a great story where, you know, he, he traded this car, and he traded other cars to get better cars. And, and, and now, in this day and age, you don't trade cars, you just accumulate them. But back then, that's what you did. You, you yeah. traded to get better cars. You traded that car, and then he, and he bumped into this, to, to a guy that, that had that same car. And this was years later in the 70s. And McQueen, uh, he, he, he approached McQueen, and he had the car with him, and he said, I think I've got your car. And McQueen immediately dashed to the car, and he ripped something open to where he could see the roll bar. Mm. And you know, he, he pointed to it and said, yep, that's my roll bar, that's my car. And he hounded the guy for months to, to sell him the car back. And, you know, McQueen was so cheap, he didn't want to pay anything extra. But he, <laughs> so he, he hounded the guy to, to sell him the car back at price. So the guy finally relented and said, okay, Steve, but here's the deal. You know, if you pass away, you know, I get to buy the car back. And so Steve left it to his son, Chad. So Chad has that car. That's one of those cars that he brings to the, to the Boys Republic, which I'm sure you've seen because I know you've been there. Yeah. And then, then of course, the, the other one is, is the uh, collectible Jaguar, and I, 1957, I believe. Yeah, that's the SS that is now part of the Peterson Museum. Yep. Yeah. And from what I understand, they only made three of those type, and of course, that car is worth millions. But it, it also shows, you know, McQueen's exquisite taste in automobiles. So I yeah. think those two were his early favorites. Well, I'll tell you a little insider story about that black Porsche Speedster. 
That car was purchased after McQueen let it go and was owned by Bruce Meyer, who's the quintessential yep. car collector in Los Angeles. He's been a guest on my show. He's a longtime friend. He's part of the Peterson Museum as well. And when he was on my show, he talked about Steve hounding him and hounding him and even mentioning he didn't want to pay him extra for it. And Bruce, yep. Bruce is such a spectacular guy that he said, you know, I just felt like it belonged back in his hands. So he sold that car back to him. Of course, that car is now owned by Chad. He'll never let that go, probably hand it down to his kids. It's one of those incredible, incredible cars. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful black speedster and has a really special story behind it with Bruce Meyer. And kudos to Bruce Meyer for letting it go. Absolutely. So yeah, great story. Nice way. And and, and Meyer is the the gentleman that I am referring to. I just couldn't think of his name at the time. But he did tell me, I said, well, yeah. He said, you know, but it would cost me millions to buy it back. Well, yeah, they won't (laughs) let it go. I mean, it's one of those priceless uh, pieces of history, especially for Chad and his family now because of the legacy there. And that Jaguar, of course, I've seen that car. It was on display at the Boys Republic a few years ago when I was there for the the Friends of Steve McQueen Car Show, which is a huge fundraiser. They raised 2018, they raised over, or maybe it was 2019, they raised over a million dollars at that show to help the boys and girls that attend that school to help them uh, get on their right right feet, just like that school did for Steve McQueen. So that legacy uh, continues on as well. Now, I always ask my guests a bit of an introspective question, and that is, if you were a vehicle, what would you be? Let's twist this up again. Knowing what you know about Steve McQueen, if Steve McQueen was manifest as a car, his attributes, his personality, who he was as a man, an actor, an icon, what do you think, Marshall, what kind of car would Steve McQueen be? Uh, I know, this is getting very difficult. (laughs) It's getting very deep, too. Yeah, you know uh, the the thing is he owned so many beautiful cars. It would it would probably be one of the ones that he had owned because you know he saw himself you know in his uh, in his his motorcycles and his cars. As a matter of fact, one of the quotes about Steve from one of his friends was, um, you know, <laughs> Steve McQueen didn't love women. He loved his cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a and lot of his car guys. He loved women. Well, yeah. And yeah. we know how much he loved women. So yep. it, it, t- it tells you his level of love for cars was just that much more. Um, I, I would have to say it would, it would have to be one of his cars because, you know, he, he talked about how much love he put into his cars. And I, I think he told his daughter, daughter, Terry, he said, my cars love me so much that they wag their fingers <laughs> at me when I walk by. Well, let's let's try to define this a little bit more. Now, Steve McQueen was a racer. I think if I was trying to answer this, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, if you want to contradict me, please do. But he was a consummate racer. I mean, that was one of his incredible passions. And when you look at what he did, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into the movie Le Mans, you see... What, I mean, he broke his neck practically doing that film and the bank accounts and a bunch of other people as well. So let's let's maybe narrow it to a race car, if you'll indulge me here. And then when you think sure. about race cars, of course, the movie Le Mans, I, I would put Steve McQueen as a Porsche 917 because that mm-hmm. is a car that continues to be iconic. It's highly sought after. Everybody knows. And of course, it's got to be the Gulf liveried car. Everybody knows that car that is any. T- anything into automobiles i'd put him as a 917 but knowing him the way you do would you maybe put him in something different or even a motorcycle because he loved riding his bikes uh, you know what 
I would have to say Indian motorcycle because he loved, well, he loved his Indian motorcycles, but there was one, there's one bike and it's the, the actually, actually the picture is in the book. It was a rat bike. It was comprised of all these other different parts. And maybe, maybe that was what McLean was. He was comprised of so many different parts, which represent his life. Perhaps that's the vehicle. But and that was his preferred favorite of all these iconic cars and motorcycles that he had. She said that that rat bike was his favorite. So maybe that's your answer. You did a better job, definitely. That was a 1947 Indian Chief, but it was a chopper, so it had been modified. And when you think about Steve, he's a bit of a rat, and I mean that in a very kind way. Yeah. A rat rod or a rat bike is a compilation of cool parts and bits and pieces when you think about the complexity of his personality and his his changing as a human being an actor a human being and going through life and where he ended up you just answered that question way better than i did so thank you for taking me there he loved his bikes that's for sure all right marshall we're entering what i call the last lap i'm going to fire off some uh quick questions get some quick answers from you what's one of your personal habits that you believe has helped you in being a successful writer well you know i i kind of adopt what steve mcqueen did on screen you know chuck norris um was turning out in film and then this kind of gives birth to, to the book but Chuck Norris was starting out in film, and uh, he took Steve McQueen to a screening of it. And um, McQueen, uh, and, and as they were watching it, Norris leaned over and said, this is the worst thing I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. It's the worst film. And McQueen basically said, listen, here's what you do. He goes, when, when, when you let the character actors fill in the parts, he goes, and then when you have something important to say, then you say it. And that way, everybody knows that that line was yours. Mm. And so I approached my books the same way. And that is, I'm the narrator. I le- I'm, I'm kind of the character actor. I let everybody, I fill in those parts. And then when Steve McQueen has a quote, then I let him say it. Mm. And, and in, in, in the past books, I allowed, I did that very sparingly. And so that, that's why there are a lot of these quotes that I never use that are left over for this book. So I've adopted that. Um, I don't have to write everything. I don't have to, I don't have to fill in everything, but what I have to do is, is when I have something to say, say, you know, keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it simple. That's how Steve McQueen did it on screen. And he let his, uh, he let his uh, presence be the impact. He didn't, he didn't fight for lines. He, he fought for uh, the placement in the shot. And that, that's, that's kind of how I've adapted my writing. If I could arrange for Steve McQueen to come back for one evening and sit down and have a drink and a meal with you, what's one question you would ask him? Wow. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> I've always said uh, Steve McQueen probably wouldn't want to sit down with me because he, he had a uh, notorious dislike for journalists. We won't tell him that you're a journalist. <laughs> what you say? Or, or that I've done seven books on him. Yeah, no, we uh, won't tell him that. Wow, the one question that I would ask him. Yeah. Um, I guess I would ask him, what is in a script that would attract you to do a film? What are, what are the elements that are in a script that would actually have you commit your life to doing a film? I like it. That would be the one question. That's a great yeah. answer. Very good. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, I always ask my guests, what's the best automotive advice someone else has ever offered them? What would you say is the best automotive advice based on all these quotes and what you've learned about him that Steve McQueen would offer somebody about vehicles? 
change that oil every 3,000 miles. <laughs> Take care of your vehicles. <laughs> I know it's a basic thing, that's but right. you know what? Uh, that's definitely what everybody should do. Yeah, it keeps keeps your vehicles running. And he was a very hands-on guy. I'm sure he did that. Now, I always ask my guests for great resources. Of course, I'd be remiss not to cite Dalton Watson Fine Books and Glenn. Uh, they make some of the, I mean, they publish some of the finest books. And you mentioned in our pre-show chat, they're one of the, the most incredible publishers that you've ever worked with, right? Right, correct. Yeah, absolutely. What I love about them is, is most most publishers they look for ways to cut corners. But Dalton Watson looks for ways to add value to the book. I'll give you an example. One of my books is called Steve McQueen: Tribute to the King of Cool. And um, Glenn wanted to add like a hardcover shell to it. He goes, "Well, what's one thing we can put inside?" Like I said, "Well, you know what? I've got a recording of him going over his notes for Tom Bourne." And I said, "What about a CD?" I said, "This would give people." great insight as to how McQueen thought, you know, he's reading off the page and then he's kind of giving his note. And so, so he said, yeah, 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 we'll do that. Let's do that. And he goes, and then let's, uh, let's add a, let's sign a number. You know, that, that, that'll add, that'll add value. Oh, let's get Barbara McQueen to sign it. Wow. You know, just, he kept thinking of these things. And yeah. I thought, wow, I really like this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I'll make sure uh, all you listeners, I put a link to that. If you've never been to Dalton Watson Fine Books uh, website, you need to go because you're and be careful because you're going to find a lot of things that you want to buy there. But that's okay. They really do make some incredible books. Many of their books sit on my library shelf here at Cars Yeah headquarters. Now we want obviously we're talking about your book, Steve McQueen. In his own words, that's a book you definitely should have. Is there maybe another book that you didn't write that you might refer our listeners to that you're fond of? Well, you know, I always tell everybody I'm very fond of Matt Stone as a person and as a journalist. Matt does a really great job uh, seeking out the truth. So Matt's written, I think, now three. He's got a new book book on the making of bullets. Yeah, I've, so I'm looking at it right Stone's here. Book, it's sitting on my reading table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt's a good good man and a good journalist, and he gets to the heart of the matter. So I would always recommend uh, Matt. He's been a guest here on the show, and you can find Matt's show here on the Cars yeah website. Just go to the Resources tab or to the Guest tab, and you'll find all my past 1,680 guests. And you know there's another place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book, uh, Matt's books, and over 1,700 books are listed there. It's an incredible resource for you, and you know what? I've made it really easy. Just one click, you can go buy them all if you'd like. That'd be really cool. All right. Marshall, we're up to the checkered flag. Today, I know you said you're not like the consummate car guy that maybe McQueen was, but I know you like cars and you've learned to acquire a taste for cars after writing about McQueen so much. So today I'm going to buy you a car, any car in the world, doesn't matter where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there are some rules to my game since I'm writing the check. My listeners know these rules. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with or go on a nice trip or whatever you might want to do. It's got to be a keeper and it's got to be a car you would drive. No garage queens or dust collectors. But here's the kicker. It's the only one cool car, fun car that ticks all the boxes that you can have parked in your garage. So what am I buying Marshall Terrell today? Okay, I'm going to add this caveat. I just saw a picture of the brand new Alfa Romeo and the design on it was fantastic. Okay. It looked beautiful. It was sleek. Mechanically, I have no understanding of the Alfa Romeos. I know historically, I won't say any negative, but I, I had a friend who used to own one and he used to go to uh, his, his garage quite a bit. Now, with that said, I'm hoping that the new one perhaps would, uh, 
be better mechanically. But I saw that design and I was really just floored by how it looked. And so I'm going to go with that. I think the car you're talking about is the new 2021 Alfa Romero GTV, which is a yes. two-door coupe. Now, they do make a GTA version, I believe. But I think the car you're talking about is this new one that's coming out. And, yeah, it's stunning. And Alphas, yeah, the old ones, you know, old Italian cars like anything, old Jaguars, British cars, whatever. Uh, they're a little bit of work. But these new cars, I think cars are so bulletproof nowadays that – you don't have to worry about all of that. So, okay, I'd be happy to buy you the new GTV. I think it's stunning. You're going to have a lot of fun in that thing. Would you Would you have a color so I get you the right one? I'm good with either like a, a sterling gray or a black. Gray or black. Okay, I think it would look stunning in those colors. So I'll pick one out for you and surprise you. How does that sound? I'd say you're a very generous man. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Marshall, you've taken me on a fun ride with the King of Cool today. Really enjoyed learning more about this marvelous book you've written. Thank you for sharing your journey, this six-year journey to put this thing together. Before you drive off into the sunset in that new Alpha GTV, is there maybe one little piece of wisdom or guidance that you gleaned from learning more about these quotes from Steve McQueen that you could share with the Cars yeah audience? Wow, you always ask me stuff that I really don't even think about or prepare for. That's okay. That's all part of the fun of being on cars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 well, um, the, I guess the lesson learned would be that uh, wisdom comes from anywhere. It doesn't have to come from somebody with a PhD. It could come from a guy that uh, has lived a life that's well-lived, a, a guy that has seen a lot of things, a guy that has experienced uh, a lot of uh, people and places. Yeah. Um, so... Just just understand, I guess, that wisdom can come from many, many places, and it would be wise to, to listen to what everybody has to say. Absolutely. And like Steve McQueen did, you know what? Just be your own person. Do your own thing. That worked for him, most obviously. And I always say, don't try to be anybody else. Just be you, and it'll be a lot easier and a lot more fun. Is there a good way for people to connect with you? Well, I have a Facebook page. I have a Twitter page. Um, I'm very, very responsive uh, on my social media. So, yeah, if anybody wants to uh, get a hold of me, they they can easily do it that way. Is that just under your name, Marshall Terrell? That's correct. Okay. I'll make sure I put links to those on Marshall's show notes page so you can follow him. I'll also put links to the Dalton Watson website. You can find all of those. Make sure you keep up. And you know what? If you want to add a very cool, fun book to your library of automotive books, that is this is the book to do it. And again, one very lucky subscriber, compliments of Marshall, who's going to sign it, and Dalton Watson Fine Books is going to win a copy of this book. So make sure you go to carsyad.com, click on the free book button. I'll send you my ebook, which is called Filler Up. We'll get this a couple weeks time so everybody gets a chance because the book just came out, just now available, and you could be a lucky winner. Marshall, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with us and this fantastic new book. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Oh, by the way, before I let you go, a quick shout out to Jeff Abraham at Jonas PR for connecting us. Uh, Jeff is connecting me with many people in the past. Jeff, thank you very much. You do a great job there at Jonas Public Relations. I'll see you down the road, Marshall. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. It was a blast. This was fun. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? 
If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.